A loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday evening was overshadowed by some other events on and off the ice, namely some Tuka Rask retirement reports, an injury to Patrice Bergeron, a potential suspension for Brad Marchand, and there's also a little David Krejci news on uh, possibly the good side here this morning. So let's get into it on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. You're Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, February 9th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, as well as on YouTube, so please do subscribe. Again, my name is Ian I've been covering the Bruins for various outlets for 17 years and happy to join with you on the podcast today to discuss what was a pretty wild night for the Boston Bruins. They were beginning the unofficial second half of the regular season, uh, taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins at home, Jeremy Swayman getting the start with uh, Tuka Rask still unable to practice because of some lingering effects from his off-season hip surgery. Uh, Jer- or, sorry, Linus Allmark uh, getting the view from the bench in this one. And I want to start with Tugarask. Didn't have anything to do with him other than the fact that he wasn't uh, able to play or even dress as the backup. And it was during the game that Fluto Shinzawa of The Athletic dropped a bit of a bomb saying the Bruins are not expecting Rask to continue to his comeback, according to two sources familiar with the situation. He hasn't played since January 24th against the Anaheim Ducks. He allowed five goals on 27 shots. Reported discomfort related to his hip surgery after the game, currently on injured reserve. Rask is discussing his future with his family, and he may finalize his retirement decision in the next few days. One of these sources says, I give him all the credit in the world. He did everything right, just didn't feel as good as he thought he would. Now, he began his on-ice recovery back in November, uh, skating with the team, or not with the team, but at Warrior Ice Arena, began ramping things up, signed a one-year, $1 million contract on January 11th, stopped 25 of 27 shots in a 3-2 win over the Flyers in his season debut, uh, felt fine after that, but uh, did not feel as good as expected as action ramped up. Uh, there was that disastrous game for everybody against the Carolina Hurricanes. Played pretty well against the Jets in a 3-2 win. But then um, that game against the Ducks uh, really, really seemed to set him back. He was able to back up Linus Ulmark two days later against Colorado, but that would be the last time he was in uniform possibly for the Boston Bruins as it looks as though 
he's going to announce his retirement in the next couple of days. He would leave the franchise as the all-time winningest goalie with 308 wins, backed up Tim Thomas during the 2011 Stanley Cup run, so he does have his name on the cup. Uh, but with him as the starter, uh, the Bruins fell short in the final against Chicago 2013 and St. Louis in 2019. If Boston had won Game 7, Against St. Louis, he would have certainly won the Conn Smythe Trophy that season. And um, I don't hold those losses against him at all. You could look at it as Tukarask was never able to get the Bruins to a Stanley Cup win on his own. Or you could look at it as Tukarask was instrumental in getting the Bruins to two Stanley Cup finals two Eastern Conference championships, and the team as a whole wasn't able to get the job done. Um, For the Bruins, well, this was one of the questions I had yesterday on the podcast. One of the big questions was, is Tuka going to be able to get healthy? And what will the goaltending situation look like for this team moving forward? Uh, Looks like Allmark and Swayman will continue to split time in net. I think Allmark has a slight edge because of how he's been playing since December. Swayman, a little shaky last night. Um, Allmark has been playing his best hockey of the season prior to the All-Star break. Uh, So I think, yeah, he's probably 1A at this point with Swayman in there as 1B. And... um, yeah, we'll have to see how that shakes out. Now, more to come on this, obviously, as this report is possibly confirmed by Tugarask uh, coming up. Um, if there are any real developments in the story, then, of course, we'll be all over that. Bruce Cassidy didn't want to comment after the game saying... You know, it's up to Tuca to announce his next steps, and he didn't want to um, to kind of make any statements on his behalf without any knowledge of the situation, seeing as the report dropped while he was coaching. Now, some other bad news um, here on top of that is Patrice Bergeron leaving the game with just under nine minutes remaining in the third period, did not return. Uh, it was an apparent upper body injury, a collision with Sidney Crosby along the boards. Bergeron fell backward into the wall, appeared to bump his head. Uh, Bruce Cassidy did not have an update on Bergeron's condition after the game. Uh, he wasn't sure if it was a situation where the concussion spotter removed him from the game. Uh, that's likely. And, you know, when you go down like that, difficulty getting up, that's usually what happens. Uh, Cassidy didn't speak to Bergeron after the game. And um, that's pretty much all he had to report. So hopefully it was a matter of Bergeron being pulled by the concussion spotter and he's able to be cleared. But he does have a concussion history. And it has been a while since he's suffered one, but it, it's still there. And uh, that's always a concern when it comes to 
Patrice Bergeron for sure. Hopefully he's okay, and we'll get some more updates here on Wednesday as the team gathers for practice, trying to get ready uh, for Thursday night's game against Carolina as they will try to kind of uh, redeem themselves after that great embarrassment on Willie O'Ree night. Going to talk more about the loss last night. Brad Marchand potentially in some hot water here in a moment. But before we do that, a quick word about Built Bar. It's the time of year that many people have given up on their New Year's resolutions. But uh, Built Bar makes it easy to stick to eating healthy. One reason is their puffs. If you, if you haven't tried them, you're really missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting products. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, but they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. Uh, they're low-calorie, high-protein. You can replace your candy bar with these delicious treats uh, because they're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, puffs around 130 and uh, pro tip, if you want an extra treat, take one of those puffs, dip it in hot chocolate. Ooh, it is delicious. Um, they have different kinds of bars and different flavors as well, like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, uh, white chocolate, cookies, and cream. All delicious. All new flavors coming out all the time. Uh, so check out Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. I want to thank you so much again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL as your second listen. It's a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. Find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, in this game, the Boston Bruins were up 2-0. Uh, they allowed the Penguins to score four unanswered goals, uh, including two from former Bruins winger Danton Heinen, which was great to see for him. Not so great from a Heinen revenge game perspective. Uh, Sidney Crosby scored the game winner. Brian Rust added uh, an empty netter to complete and secure uh, the comeback for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Tristan Jari, who played in the All-Star game, made 43 stops uh, to really frustrate the Bruins, who generated some really great scoring chances throughout the game. Uh, Cassidy said, they got saves, we didn't. That's my take. Uh, more chances than them in the second period. But, um, yeah, they didn't defend the two-on-one. Heinen came off the bench and really capitalized. Um, he thought the Bruins played a complete game, but some of the difference was goaltending. It picks you up on some nights. It can deflate you. And we saw both in the second period um, where the Bruins were kind of deflated. Pittsburgh was picked up. Uh, Jeremy Swayman made 21 saves. It was his first NHL start in over a month, so perhaps a bit of a grace period there. 
Uh, but I would expect Allmark to be back in net tomorrow. Now, speaking of Tristan Jari, he and Brad Marchand had an incident with 25 seconds remaining in the game. It appeared as though Jari said something to Marchand, and Marchand um, basically decked Jari. He was given a two-minute minor for roughing and a five-minute match penalty for attempt to injure. Uh, Cassidy said he didn't know what happened, but it was clearly a lack of discipline on Brad's part in that situation. Uh, looks like some words were exchanged, um, but you still have to have better discipline at the end of the day. Brad's a leader on the team, and he needs to control his emotions in that situation. Now, a match penalty automatically triggers a uh, a suspension pending a um, review by the NHL. I believe it's at least one game. Uh, so this will be reviewed. Unless the NHL overturns the match penalty, it looks as though Marchand will be headed to a suspension. Another one, his second of the season. Uh, Tim Peel on the Daily Faceoff blog. He's a former NHL referee, and he uh, kind of assessed the situation for them. And he said the first and maybe most critical part of this sequence is that Marchand punched an unsuspecting Jari in the face after the goaltender had made a save. Jari made a comment to Marchand, but that shouldn't matter. Jari was punched by a gloved opponent while still down and looking at the puck in the crease. Marchand added an exclamation point to the sequence by then skating over and sticking Jari in the helmet with a stick as he was on his way off the ice. Um, it's not going to help his case for sure. Uh, so again, Wes McCauley assessed Marchand a minor penalty for roughing and a match penalty, which is the most extreme penalty that can be handed out in a game. Automatic review from the NHL usually results from an intent or attempt to injure. Uh, so McCauley saw the penalty, sorry, the punch as worthy of a match penalty, or was it the stick to the face? But one thing is clear, Marchand is almost surely headed toward his eighth career suspension and his second this season. He's a repeat offender, already been suspended this season, and um, two recent suspensions for a punch to the head of an unsuspecting opponent come to mind, Peel writes. Detroit's Dylan Larkin was suspended one game for roughing in October. Lucic of Calgary was suspended two games for roughing in November 2019. Uh, neither was against a goaltender, and Brad Marchand may not get much benefit of the doubt here because of his lengthy rap sheet. Uh, Tim Peel here predicting a three-game suspension for Brad Marchand. Because of the attempt to injure, because he added the stick to the mix, because of his... Uh, seven previous suspensions, and one of them being this season. That would mean he would miss Thursday's game against Carolina, Saturday's game against Ottawa, and a game next Tuesday against the New York Rangers. Add to that the possibility that Patrice Bergeron could be out of the lineup, and uh, that's pretty troubling for the Boston Bruins, uh, certainly. 
uh, Anton Bleed and Trent Frederick did not play last night. They would be the two guys to step up. How the lineup would look without those two guys, uh, you know, that's something we would have to talk about uh, tomorrow. But certainly not great for the Boston Bruins. Um, again, Bruce Cassidy thought the Bruins played well enough to win. They were generating more chances. And, uh, you know, that's reflected in the numbers. The Bruins had at five on five a 60 to 33 shot attempt advantage, 35 16 in terms of shots. Scoring chances were 30 to 17. High danger chances, 9 8. And expected goals, 2.32, 1.06. And even in all situations, the Bruins still held a pretty significant advantage, except when it comes to high danger chances. Uh, it was 11 10. Uh, in favor of the Penguins uh, in all situations, but 35-21, the scoring chances for the Bruins in this one overall. Certainly enough to win the game, uh, but the Penguins got the saves, whereas the Bruins uh, you know, had some defensive coverage breakdowns, and uh, Swayman you know, showed a little bit of rust in this one. Um, which is, I guess, somewhat predictable or natural, seeing as he hadn't been in the NHL for over a month here, but still uh, could have had better from him last night, uh, to be sure. Again, Cassidy said, they got saves. We didn't. That's my take. Now, we're going to end the podcast on a more positive note, uh, but before we get to that, a uh, quick word about Bet Online. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues, uh, it's March right up to the big game this Sunday. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football either. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. If there was a bright spot in last night's game, it was the continued strong play of David Posternock and Taylor Hall. Posternock uh, scored both goals for the Boston Bruins, his 23rd and 24th goals of the season in the first period to give the team a 2-0 lead. Both goals came off primary assists from Taylor Hall, and this uh, duo continues a torrid stretch on Boston's second line. David Posternak said they obviously have good chemistry, but it doesn't matter because the Bruins lost. Uh, not something he wanted to talk about. Like playing with each other, building the chemistry, getting better, but still a lot of work to do. Uh, and, you know, Pasternak was kind of lamenting the fact that the Bruins weren't able to get the job done. But still, Hall and Pasternak played very well together. Uh, some great back and forth between the two guys. And, I mean, who knows, on Thursday against Carolina, they could be uh, the top line with 
Bergeron and uh, Marchand potentially uh, potentially unavailable. Uh, as far as the Big Bear of the Night award goes, well, it's kind of difficult to assess based on how things went in this one. Obviously, it would be easy to give it to Pasternak. Two goals, uh, four shots on goal, two hits in this one. Uh, he had a takeaway as well. Hall with two assists, five shots on goal, uh, a block. Uh, Brad Marchand had five shots, no points to his name. Bergeron had an assist with six shots on goal. Uh, man, it's really tough to give it to anybody to, after that one. But uh, let's go ahead and give the big bear of the night to um, Taylor Hall. Why not? He had the five shots. He had a, a block, which is impressive. The two primary helpers. And he and Pasternak really carrying things right now uh, for the Boston Bruins. Definitely one of the only positives from that game. Let's finish on another positive note or potentially positive note. And that is a report from Stephen Wino of the Associated Press. Uh, talking to David Krejci at the Olympics. He could be in the NHL this season if he wanted. Instead, he's at the Olympics for a third time. Uh, obviously, the Czech star wanted to play at home in front of friends and family. And so he signed with uh, Olomouc HC back home. Uh, and that also fed it into the decision to play for his home country in Beijing. NHL players aren't there. He's not in the NHL, therefore he can play for the uh, Czech team. The possibility st still does exist that he could return to North America to rejoin the Boston Bruins later this season. He would have to go through waivers in order to do so. Um, Krejci, who was an unrestricted free agent, told uh, the Associated Press that obviously he had one year if he had one year left on his deal, he'd still be in the NHL. He would have honored that. Just kind of happened to work out this way. Things happen for a reason, I believe. So I'm here now in Beijing. Try to make the most of this opportunity. And what comes after this, dramatic pause, we'll see. So he's not fully closing the door on uh, coming back to the Bruins this season. Um, he was a point per game player almost last year for the Boston Bruins, still playing at a high level. Uh, he's, you know, dominating the Czech league. And so, yeah, getting him back would relieve a lot of pressure on Don Sweeney prior to the trade deadline in the search for a second line center. Um, my question is, you know, he was devoted to going home. Will he want to um, spend, you know, one, two, maybe three months in North America after being away at the Olympics for a few weeks? If he wants to go home, is he committed to being as close to home as possible? Or is he committed to moving his family home, getting his kids ingrained in the culture, and he himself 
coming back over to play North America? That's a big question that only he can answer. And we'll see how that shakes out here in the coming weeks. Anyways, a lot going on last night for the Boston Bruins, both on and off the ice. Keep it locked to at Locked NHL Bruins on Twitter and Instagram and at ENC McLaren, uh, both as well, for all the latest on the Boston Bruins. If there's any Rask retirement, DeBrusque trade, anything going on, be sure to jump on for a bonus podcast. And we'll be back tomorrow to preview a game against the Carolina Hurricanes, perhaps update the Eastern Conference power rankings, and uh, bring you all the latest on the Boston Bruins here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Happy Wednesday, friends. Talk to you later.